Well, hey, cousins, you are listening to Revolutionary Hood Rat with Kim Young of Dope Black Social Worker, and welcome back. We have a special episode. It was a necessary episode, and I had to find some time to get this one recorded because I could not let this opportunity pass. Now, before um, I get into introducing the guests for this week and uh, ushering us into, uh, ooh, see why I did that there? Because Usher about to be at the big sports ball game on Sunday. Anyways. And then ushering us into what our conversation will be. Of course, we have to make a pit stop and some revolutionary news, which is an update um, from our organizing efforts here in Virginia to create a licensing alternative that does not include the ASWB exam to obtain your license as a clinical social worker here in Virginia. And so the bill, House Bill 606, it made it out of the committee. So um, the committee, the Health and Human, was it Health and Human Service Committee? Something like that. My brain's a little foggy, but it is what it is. It made it out of committee by party line votes. And so it's just been really strange to see how this has been turned into a partisan issue and um, folks who are just struggling to really understand how this impacts all of Virginia and its behavioral health care crisis and system, regardless of what party somebody identifies with. And so that part is just really odd to me. But anyways, the bill made it out of committee. And so now it will go to the full House floor for a vote. Um, And I will continue to keep folks updated as we move this process along. But I will tell y'all right now, after spending some time down at the General Assembly here in Virginia, that's one crunchy dry place. And I'm not even the building because the building is brand new, brand new, immaculate. I'm talking about on the inside, y'all. People wear only brown, navy, in black i said folks don't wear colors in here there's no accessories in here where is the life and the vibrancy as y'all are in here making laws and power and policies freezing power in certain people's favor and harming other people y'all can at least look cute while doing it but that's just not the case that is just not the case um i will also share that it is easy to see how the folks who spend a lot of time down at the general assembly in the face of legislators and legislative aides and with lobbying groups and interest groups get their needs met um it's been really really eye-opening to see how policy works at the state level definitely had an understanding of it but when you're in the midst of it working on legislation my heart truly goes out to people who do that work continuously especially those who have been in the good fight for a number of years because it is just some sleepless nights some tiresome weeks some 15 hour work days like it's just not natural people not eating moving with grace just a lot of a lot of sense of urgency and so i do just kind of wish and send out some level of peace and calm for those that are working in session this year in virginia to really take some opportunities to be still to be still um, so yeah, that's our revolutionary news for the week. And so let me go ahead and introduce our guests for the the pod. Oh, I said pod like a podcaster. That is disgusting. Let me correct that. Let me go ahead and introduce the guest this week for the podcast. And it is Mecca Williams. Mecca Williams is back. If y'all recall, Mecca had joined me on the podcast several months ago when I was just getting this thing started. And we talked about a lot of shit because that's just what me and Mecca do on the regular. But the conversation that we had a couple of months ago was around just like like showing up as a full human that also just happens to practice as a therapist and just really setting then boundaries with folks in our lives around like, hey, I'm a therapist, but like, bitch, I'm not your therapist. Like I'm a whole human out here doing revolutionary and hood rat things at the same time with ease and grace. Um, And so Mecca is back and me and Mecca aren't really talking about no therapy stuff this time around. We talk about 21 Savage because <laughs> cause y'all know my little shorty wop um, he released an album, but a month ago at, at this point, I believe, American Dream. Um, and he was also on Shannon, Sh- Shannon Sharp's podcast, Club Shay Shay, which it just seems like a lot of folks got exposed to 21 Savage. And that interview was so good. It lasted about two hours. And there were so many different themes and topics and stuff that I was like, oh, no, nah, like Mecca, we can't just keep talking about this in the group chat. Um, we need to get on the podcast and talk about 
what is happening within this 21 Savage uh, interview and the things that we're experiencing and noticing and how they reflect in the work and client populations that I know me and Mecca both have a commitment and a love for. And so I'm going to go ahead and ease us into this conversation that uh, Mecca and I have about my beloved 21 Savage, Shea Ben Abram, Joseph. Um, well, welcome back, Mecca Latoya. Um, I'm so I'm so happy to have you back on Revolutionary Hood Rat because the last time you were here, it's been several months since we chatted about um well, a lot of shit, but ultimately the episode was titled "I'm Not Your Therapist." But in true Mecca form, it was probably supposed to be like, I'm not your fucking therapist, bitch. But I couldn't put that in the title. So <laughs> the title was just, I'm not your therapist. And I want you to know, because I was looking it up before we started recording. It's the second most listened to episode. What? A revolutionary hood rat. It is. It is. And we are about 25 episodes deep. Second most listened to episode. So That's crazy. Let's see what uh this one about to do because I'm okay. telling y'all right now this episode ain't got shit to do. Well, it might. Who knows? It ain't got shit to do with it's uh probably like a, a little, little bit, bit, a little bit. bit. Y'all, we talk about Twenty One Savage. Um, we are talking about my beloved Twenty One Savage, who I affectionately refer to as Shea Bean Abram Joseph, which is his government name. Um, it is no shock or surprise to anybody. Say it again, Shea Ben Abram Joseph. Okay, I love the way it sounds. Right? It, he's so adorable, it doesn't make any sense. But, like, it should be no shock or surprise to anybody how much I love me some 21 Savage because I listen to 21 Savage every day. Can we break it up? I'm breaking up. You bre- Wait a minute, you're lagging. You're breaking up. I can hear you just fine. Yeah, hold on. Now you're not breaking up. Okay. You right, on my end, you was, it was a lag. Okay. Yeah. You with me? Yep, I'm with you. Yeah, I said, I, I listen to 21 Savage every single day. Yep. Religiously. Um, And so when Dang. 21... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn. Damn. You hit me with a on Kevin God. Hart. Damn, oh God. You wasn't saying on God. I know. I <laughs> Talk shit. <laughs> Type shit. I listen to 21 Savage every day. On oh, God. God. <laughs> on my mama. Because we say on oh, my mama on the West Coast. We don't say on oh, God. Um, but like you'll hear on oh, my mama more before you hear like on oh, God. But anyways, so 21 was on uh Shannon Sharp's podcast, Club Shay Shay. And me and Mecca watched that podcast. I mean, I have watched it about three times just to make sure I was picking up on it as much as I could pick up on it. I was like, oh, no, we got to make a podcast episode about this. So, Mecca, when you was watching the podcast and you was having your thoughts, what was going through your mind? I was like, oh, no, I got to talk longer about what I'm looking at and what I'm watching and layering. So, you know, I had, of course, at the time, immediately after I watched it, because I told you, because you know how I my brain works. I'm like, "Ah, I got I have some I have to say something, but I didn't say anything. I wanted to wait to the podcast. So I had like probably more just some deeper thoughts at the time when I was watching it the first time. When I watched it again, I had some more some some of the same thoughts, but it's probably not as intense. But some of the things that stood out to me was just his how he consistently referred to himself as being bad as a child and i was i would i would love if he would at some point find ways to reframe that because he was just a child that had some issues because of his environment and upbringing and the shifting from one place to to the other not place but country Shifted yeah. from one country, yeah, country to, to the another, other. You and know then what I'm he saying? talked a lot. The other thing that stood out to me was his reflection on his relationship with his dad, his honesty. I enjoy, I appreciated how honest he was throughout the podcast and yeah. his self awareness. Yeah. So I want to talk about the childhood piece for a little bit because you, you know you brought it up with him referring to himself as being bad, but not but and when. Shay Shay, 
because I don't even, I won't call him Shannon no more. I'm going to have to call Shannon Sharp Shay Shay. When Shay Shay was talking to 21 about his childhood, it really seemed like he was struggling to understand that children don't have the level of autonomy. He was trying to give 21 Savage on making decisions about where he lived, if he wanted to go, if he enjoyed it, what type of food he ate in his household. Did you pick up on some of those things? Yes, I was like, Shay yes. Shay don't know nothing. Did, kids don't get to pick where they live. What are you talking about? I guess. He, he, and he kept saying, I was just a kid. I don't remember. I was just a kid. I'm with my mama. I'm with my mama. I don't, you know, he just kept saying it. I think he was just asking just in case he did have some reflective thoughts from back then. I don't know. But that's why I liked his honesty. He was like, I don't know. I was with I, my I, mama. I, I was just with my, I was just there, basically. Yeah. I do. I did enjoy um the question about the food because that, that highlighted the cultural aspect, the cultural differences of a Caribbean family from London that lives in the South. So I did, I enjoyed that. Was it really that different though? Cause a lot of like, even though for, for black people, no matter where we are in the country, our, a lot of our food is very similar. But I think it was different from what we consider Southern cu cuisine. I think those were the things. He started that listing oxtails though. Shay Shay was like, but your mama making oxtails and Caribbean folk be fucking some oxtails up. What are you talking about, Shannon? True. <laughs> Like, Mother pork chops and oxtails. What he was saying, I don't eat pork. Like, yeah, he was like, I, that's what I'm saying. So those types of things, but that wasn't Caribbean. Typically, eat in the south. That's a spiritual practice, though, because you know, like him and his mom and his family are Ifa. Okay, I didn't know that. So that was that like his podcast. Oh, you know, like I'm a 21 Savage. Yeah, like that's. I knew you would know more oh. background. I have. I like, have questions about. That's another thing. The podcast had me wanting to know more about his mom. More than anything. Right. Like and so her choice, her choice to come, to come right? Like what contributed to that? So even like when the podcast got started and Shay Shay was trying to offer him some of his cognac, I said to him, I was like, 21, don't drink. I was like, he doesn't drink alcohol. And he even said, I don't drink. And Shay Shay was like, well, here it is anyway. Remember, like he took a little sip and was like, mm, tastes good, but I don't drink. And then he was like, you don't drink, man. I was like, he told you he didn't drink. He yes, said, I don't you know drink. <laughs> You know, Shay Shay B. <laughs> you know, sometimes he he appears like he's intently listening. Sometimes he's paying attention, repeating the same questions. But we'll talk about that in a different way. But I think to your point, like a lot of what I was so excited for when that interview happened, as somebody who's been following 21 Savage career for years and watching the interviews and listening to the conversations and watching his evolution and being um and speaking, he's always honest from my perspective, like when he does interviews, but him like opening up to speak um, has not been a trend. And so I'm really excited to hopefully see how people see 21 Savage and folks like him differently um, from his him like being vulnerable, him talking about his um, challenges with, not even academically in school, but it, like his part about the immigration oh, and giving up hope. Yeah. Cause he's he like, as an immigrant, hope. what was the point of me trying? He said, that's when I started, you know, he, rem this is another yeah. thought I had. He reminded me of a lot of kids that I've worked with. Same. Same. I was just like, oh, I know. Like, I know this. Yeah. I, was I, like, know, I know him. This. He was yes. all too familiar. Yes. Even like he, the way he was moving. And he yep. was like, when he stopped and said, well, do you smoke cigars? And I was like, oh, his anxiety is revving up. I was like, he need his vape pen. <laughs> and you so, saw how he was able to talk about certain topics. I was, cause the way I don't want to, I think I'm jumping ahead, but. When he was just talking about some of the violence that he around him, oh, not even just around him, like him getting shot, his yeah. witnessing his what he considered his, his brother died, his getting brother murdered, the whole know. thing, how he described from A to Z, even mm -hmm. down to in complete detail, even down to the cops and how, how calling the ambulance and them asking him all these questions and he's bleeding out and the blood drying and, on the, the on the phone the screen. Cops. Yep. The situation with the situation with the cops, and he's like, "I'm the one that's hurt." Yeah, I mean, but he talked about it. It was a little. I know he's told the story a lot of times. He has not told the story a lot of times. He hasn't publicly. Mm -mm. It comes out. I've heard this music. somewhere else, maybe in an article. Yeah, so not a lot of times. It certainly comes I made out read... in his music. You probably have read it. Oh, read it. In terms of, it like... had to be an interview. Are you sure? Like he doesn't a million dollars worth of game or something. I've seen him recount. Yeah, he's, he's talked about the shooting on his birthday for sure, but yeah. that level of detail. Okay. 
I haven't witnessed that one before. Like him, I, and it actually just looked like his body went back to those moments in the car. You know what I mean? Like even when he was telling the story. I don't know. I felt like he was kind of relaxed. He until that, it seemed like that to me. Because like, <laughs> I was like, how is he telling the story with such? Mm -mm. He lost like he had fleeting eye contact. Not to make it all clinical, and he started like, oh no. I think we can at confuse part, being just. I think being detached from it and relaxed are different. So what, I don't know if it was, part was the fleeting eye contact when he started retelling the story about getting shot and almost dying. Like he won't really. He was just retelling a story. Yeah, you, I see what you're saying. He won't root it in. He wasn't grounded in his body while he was telling that story at all. But how many of the young people I know that I've worked with or been in um, connection with that have had that level of violence and trauma who have been shot and on the other side of that gun has have done some shooting. And he even had set back and he said it a couple times. Like he said, I, I've done a lot of I've done a lot of bad. And so yeah. he's not shocked or surprised when shit comes back to him. He's nope. even talked about in interviews. He was like, when his day come, he like he know it's been waiting on him. You know Did what you I mean? find it interesting the way he answered the question about was was killing ever stop? And he was just kind of like yeah, he's told the truth. Say he's told the truth. Who, who like on a, some moral stuff, moral type shit? Yeah, he's who's to say who's to say who's wrong or right? He's right. He said people go out and kill for like a living. Yes. How, how are you justified versus the person that's avenging his yeah. family member? Yeah. And I think people like Shay Shay need to hear that perspective because, you know, I've been watching Club Shay Shay for a while now. And he come with that old school Southern mentality on a lot of issues, especially with women and dating and all that bullshit. But even framing the question around like with black people, particular black males and, and communities like 21 is from trying to make it seem like they're the ones that need to stop. Like they have the power. I'm gonna put it like that. Like they have the power to stop the violence. Um, yeah. And that's not how this world functions. And he like 21 from the way he was reflecting and responding, he understands that. Because he even writes about it. He talks about it, especially in that song, Letter to My Brothers. That's on the new album. Yeah, I love that song. How um, they're good kids in shitty circumstances and situations had to make some tough decisions to survive. Mm -hmm. And that's just true. Is Shay Shay Christian? He, well, this is questionable because when he had Kirk Franklin on the show and Kirk Franklin asked him if he ever heard Take Me to the King by Tamala Mann, he said no. And as somebody who's not Christian that hadn't heard that song 511 times, I said, well, how? How you didn't know about Take Me to the King by Tamala Man? But he said he praying stuff. I don't know how much I he mean, practices. It don't mean he listen to gospel music. I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay. You didn't, you don't, we don't watch Tyler Perry movies either, you know? Yes, he doesn't. I don't think. But I don't know. He he said he praying stuff. So they answer the question, wondering. I believe so. Was he? Because of some of, you know, just some other things he said. Like the conditioning piece. Mm-hmm. Like what? Not on this end of interview. I'm just oh. thinking about some other stuff. I was just wondering, was he like just Southern Baptist Christian? Was Could that be. his? He's yeah, from the, the backwoods of Georgia. He said he grew up with an outhouse, two-bedroom house, okay. that type of shit, like okay. extreme poverty Oh, in the outhouse. 70s. And so. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but in Georgia, a different type of Georgia that 21 came to when, when him and his family immigrated from England. Other thing um in this podcast that stood out, the whole time he was talking about being a child, the things that he was getting into, ca calling himself bad. Dad. And the whole time I'm thinking then he would talk about his dad and being jealous of uh friends because he had the friend that was also from London, but that dad came to see him and he's like and other family people who had dads and he's like, you know, just kind of then he had he's grown up in a household with the siblings and the mom and the boyfriend who's the dad to the siblings mm -hmm. and he's just out there out in the world in the and world. it's attention seeking behavior also him try, probably trying to find himself he is a libra too and just a teenager freedom he probably wanted his autonomy and freedom also when he talked about how in his generation having a counselor in school it I was know. cool and, and he like, said, but he even was like, kids, I'm not trying to make it sound like this is a cool thing. Like, he, you know, he gave that little disclaimer before, beforehand. <laughs> Damn. He gave that little disclaimer beforehand. Um, 
like even like going back to the relationship with his father real quick because as he like once again as he was talking i was like all oh, this shit sounds way too familiar right way too familiar um him even having the i'm gonna say the empathy and the understanding who has empathetic to dad oh my because he called, number one, i appreciated he said, that he said my daddy he said yeah my daddy used to come pick me up my daddy this my daddy i was like oh he loves you he loves his daddy um but he even was able to rationale like he's not a bad daddy to my siblings in england mm -hmm. right he was just not the daddy that i needed here and so for him to even have that level of understanding, I was like, oh, that, once again, that feels familiar because we've had this conversation off the mic where, you know, I didn't grow up with my biological father in my house, in my life, not even just in my house, but like in my life. And so around like seventh or eighth grade, I really did come to this reconciliation. I was like, oh, well, he can't have me and his other activities, right? In the streets and I, both, because if he try to have the streets and me, he gonna fuck me up. So- <laughs> I'd rather him pick one. I want it to be me, but it's not me. I get that. So he has chose that. So I just got to like have empathy for that him in this situation and just move on with my life. Um, and that so situation was, I was just like, he, he ain't here. I didn't have the awareness of why my dad was. I just didn't. I knew they, my parents broke up when I was a baby and I knew why, but I didn't know why he was so in and out when it came to me. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know what he was doing until later. Later, when I realized what was happening, I was like, oh, no, he couldn't be. I would have been way. I would have been super fucked up yeah. if my dad was still in the house. I'm glad my mom made. Matter of fact, if my dad, if my mom was one of those people that was like back and forth with my dad. I probably wouldn't have parents. Both of them would have been dead. I wouldn't have parents. That's so but when I was younger, I was just like, oh, shrugs. He's not around. And when he mm -hmm. he, when he called it was just like okay great yeah but not great yeah i don't yeah. think i really fully processed when i was younger what was going on what was going on and how i felt mm -hmm. like people would try to tell me you probably act like this or say this or do this because your dad is not around and i didn't get that i was like he he not around i don't think about him i used to think about my dad not being around not being around in the context of save me from my mama because <laughs> she's like this is hell with her break, yeah. why are you not here to be an inter intervention that's mm -hmm. probably more of what i was thinking not mm -hmm. like oh i miss my dad yeah and you know what we don't know the depths of like 21's relationship with his daddy but he did even talk about that a bit of that turning point with his dad when he was out in the world like you said earlier um, and just trying to find a way and like calling his daddy for some money to get a new phone or to get oh, some man. shoes, you know what I mean? And the dad just not coming through for him in the ways that he believed the daddy should. Um, and then just like losing that relationship. So another loss, because this man talks about tremendous loss across has, his life. I think he's I, I think he's at a point of numbness. Hell yeah. But that's see, what it, that's what it, that's what don't I think he people. is, Mecca. I'm gonna send you the he interview like, no. he did. I'm gonna send you the interview he did for the um on the Breakfast Club like years ago. And he talks about feeling numb. Because he just talks about it like just this is everyday life for him. He talks about it. He just talks about it. But how many of them do that? How many of them do that? Um I the bulk of the young people that I used to work with before leaving direct service, they all did that. Families too. So him having empathy for his dad made me more empathetic because you know where I stand with parents. Yeah, they get on your My automatic enough. thought was another <laughs> trash parent. Yeah. Because I was like, you're right. Why wasn't your dad making efforts? And I get it. Yeah, you're in a different country. But that does not... There's things like, why aren't you sending him money? Why aren't you calling more to check up on him? Anything like that? What's going on? And I and I think I really was like starting to lose empathy for dad when he said they try to rekindle a relationship when he was actually 21 Savage and yeah. the dad started asking for, him for things. Like, what? Where yeah. you been? Yeah. I immediately <laughs> was like, bruh, you ain't been in this boy life. He's hurt. Yeah. And you knew he was hurt when he talked about getting shot and the, and the dad was on the phone. On the phone. And he didn't really... I know that feeling. I've been like that to my dad before, indifferent and kind of cold. My dad mm -hmm. would call sometimes and I would just put the phone down and walk off. That's all I understand. He's still talking. And yeah. I feel like I don't... What, do you, you don't have no money? That, 
Yeah. It got to the point where I would view my dad as transactional, like money. Mm. Mm. Whenever you were able to send me some money. Mm -hmm. Well, like, let's spend some time right there because I think we both got hyped at this particular part of the conversation because Ashley One Savage was talking about his dad and them losing communication and not having a relationship for like over a decade or something like that. Um, I did not enjoy the way Shay Shay handled that situation. Like putting it back on 21, the child. Well, did you reach out to your dad? Did you tell your dad how you felt about the situation? Did you try to repair the relationship? I'm like, that's not the job of a goddamn I, kid. I no matter how I, old the kid is. I think as a, as a, is he considered a journalist? I think as an interviewer. No, 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 no. he's not. Whatever he's supposed I think as an interviewer to me that for the audience, that is a good question. I don't know if he meant it from a standpoint of what stage of his development, but I think he was asking for the rest of us to understand more of like, did you make any, you know, some, some, maybe when he's a teenager, maybe he did make a, you being a Libra right now. I don't, I didn't, I didn't look at it as he was trying to um, put it on him. Like that was what he was supposed to do. I think he was just trying for the audience perspective to hear, to understand the whole, yeah. like, did you tell your dad how you feel? No, I know. And you know, yeah, I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt. That <laughs> I'm not giving the benefit of the doubt because I'm I think not. it's a good question. But no, that's not on him to do any of that. That's absolutely At on all. the parent. And I'm going to have to push back on your perspective because even when 21 responded and said, no, I didn't, he was like, well, why? In a very judgmental way, right? And so I think he was asking the question from believing there was the responsibility of him to initiate. I don't know how he would believe To that. initiate and repair the relationship I, with I did not take it as that. Yeah, I was like, he was like, well, why, well, why didn't you? Why didn't you do what, it? You know why at 21? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I would have been on your side if he did not do that part. But because he was like, well, why didn't you do it? I'm like, oh, you really thought he's supposed to do that? And like... There's no way he would have thought. Did he, yes. I don't know. I don't know his story. I don't. Did he have some issues with any of his kids? And he, yeah, I, don't, I don't know about that, but I that's know weird. his parents and stuff. That's I, weird. To think a kid... That's not... No, I need you to take off your therapist hat. That shit is not weird. That shit is the standard. That is the standard. Because oh, I've cool. had to have... I've had to have those conversations with my family when my dad was still alive. Why I didn't do X, Y, and Z. That wasn't my job. Never has been my job. Oh. Even with my like, father's side of the family. Why haven't you done the X, Y, Z? That's not my job. They actually asked you that? Yeah. Why haven't you reached out, done this, that, that? I'm always going to be the kid in this scenario. Anybody in this scenario, like trying to restore or repair relationships I ain't never with parent, that kid, why you ain't reach that, out? Well, you have, I'm not going to say sense. You have additional training and understanding on why that don't make no goddamn sense. But for the general public, Mecca, the belief is. Oh, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't. I the didn't belief is like, why didn't the child make the effort? Because remember, we're talking about adults who can also get stuck in their ego and think, well, they're not talking to me. I'm not talking to them. Yeah. From uh, the adult that's the dad, they get stuck in their ego. But and, and I can even understand family members who want to defend, like in your case, your those those your father's family. This is your father's family asking you these questions, right? No, my family. Your my mom. Family. My family asking why I haven't. That's no, not that's my what I'm job. Who's my, my maternal, my maternal family. They ask you that. Not my that's job. Weird. Usually paternal, mater, maternal families don't care. Not my I've job. Never asked, my, I've never been asked by any family member about nothing about, did you reach yeah. out? We have different experiences. <laughs> well, well, it is different. <laughs> it's different because it wasn't like my dad was completely absent. My dad was, the only time he was absent was when he was in jail. Like, so he was in contact with me mm -hmm. up until he died. So it wasn't, my experience is a tad bit different. It wasn't like he was completely gone. He yeah. just was not in the household and he was inconsistent. That was it, but he was in contact. So yeah, like, and that's something that I'll stand 10 toes down. Like I hear from you that this concept just didn't kind of float around in your head that somebody mm -hmm. would ask a child why they haven't tried to repair a relationship with a yeah. parent. That is common. It commonly goes on the child to do the work to repair in a relationship with a That's bizarre. Caregiver. But that is where you really end up in having these conversations of, is it time for you to cut your family off? Is it time for you to let that go? Because um, that type of thinking, with that saying, like, how are you defending a grown-up who subconsciously or consciously or intentionally yeah. or unintentionally brought a child in the world? 
So that is not on the child. Yeah, it's not on the child, but we also have to think about how our children, our young people get parentified. So they don't even view them as children, as kids. And so a lot of that comes up in these really um, organic ways in these conversations where you could be talking to 21 Savage, a 30-year-old man, about why he, as a child, didn't try to repair a relationship because he was not seen as a child. And so... Like it is very common. It is very common, especially in those um, relationships between young people and their parent or caregiver, because we forget to view a young person as a young person. Well, a lot of that has to do with a lot of these caregivers function at adolescent. So when a kid gets a certain age, they're technically they go above the their parents, level. Or they, they end up going above. Yeah. The age, chronologically, they're older, but the maturity level because of their own yeah. trauma or being parentified yeah. early, they are stuck at a certain age. Yeah. So that's why probably some of those, uh, that mentality is is there. Like, it's there. They we're all on the same level. And it's, it's we're not. But at the same time, you may have seen this in your work too, like having to have a conversation with a 15-year-old, how they are more like... I'm not even, I'm going to say mature for the lack of better words, but like they have actually reached a developmental level that their parent has not. Well, I had that conversation all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and them trying to figure out how to navigate that relationship. Because yeah. they're still under the toolage in the household and the control to a certain degree of that parent. And it's difficult. And it's difficult. When you present that way also, then you do get them questions, but why didn't you try to make the relationship with your mother or dad better? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still the kid, even though I'm more developmentally X, Y, and Z. Still the kid. No matter how old you get, you're still the kid. Um, I think so, I, do, I do think a fair question. Let's say, um, outside of Shay Shay and and Twenty One Savage, a fair question. If you hear, okay, yeah, I had a, I, I talked to my dad or the time they call or whatever, and the, a fair question is, well, did you tell them how you feel? I think that's fair. But to say yeah. to a kid. Did you reach out and yeah. it, it them in a in a way that it's expected so, that you do this? Can I? I will. I even wonder if it's fair to ask. Did you tell them how you feel when you put the whole environment and the context around who you might be talking to? Where's there space for kids of a certain generation to express how they feel to a parent or caregiver? Where's that space? Um, especially from his generation his condition and his function, like family functioning and household, like where was the space to actually tell a parent how you feel? The invitation to do it as well. Some kids, like some kids do, again, age at some don't get it. level, like by a teenager. Some kids do. It, it could be expressed through anger or whatever. Some yeah. kids can, can do that. If the family, so, I think if the family um, structure allows for that, if the relationship allows for that, if the skill development allows for that, that's a lot true. of kids are lacking the skills to do the things like express their feelings and they're lacking the caregiver support to be able to have the space to express their feelings. And like so I think it is trying. irresponsible to ask. Did you tell me? I don't him? think it's irresponsible. I, I still I think, think it's, it's the wrong question. I think it's, I think, I think. Did I don't your think dad ever create I think, an it's, a, I think it's a fair question to have the, if the child, because some kids do. I know kids that a lot, most of them don't. Most of them absolutely do not. But to not to assume that they did or this conversation yeah. is not fair. I do think it's a it's a question they could evoke. Maybe the kid maybe wanted to. They didn't think that this was possible. But in express feeling in any way that they felt that they could, yeah. I think it's fair. But a lot of them don't do it. They don't. They, they don't. don't. And I know, you know, Shay Shay is just an A lot of them get shut down. Before they even get to a teenager yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah, like, they, they're stonewalled. Yeah. They're mad, they don't trust. Yeah. What's the, what's the point? That's a lot of the feeling behind it. For and what? some, you know, birth order play a big role. 21 talked about being the oldest in his household. The oldest child don't get to talk about your goddamn, you don't got no goddamn feelings. You got to help take care of these kids. What you talking about your feelings? We talked about that off the rip, about like, being a man. <laughs> being a man. At you seven see, years old. Also, did you peep how he just flippantly referred to his mom's, whoever these guys were, as these niggas? Like, not stepdad, not my, my nigger at the time. Uh, that the dude that was like my dad, all mm -hmm. of them was referenced as he had to stop himself, just a nigga. Like, he just, it, it was like, oh. Mm -hmm. So that means he, and oh, this is the other part. 
when I think they got put out or something happened, evicted? the mom, yeah, evicted. The mom went to go move with the the guy that was the youngest kid's father. He said he felt like I'm not your child. He should have never had to make that decision. And that's how he ended up out in the world. And I don't mean to like judge his mom, but you know I had judgments against parents, period. So, but for the sake of how he loves his mom, mm -hmm. but the fact that that was even, no, you coming with me, you're my child. Wherever I go, yeah. you're going. And it's just kind of like, he said, he did, he to himself was like, yeah. I'm out of here. I'm, you're not my, you're not my dad. I'm, mm -hmm. you're not my response. That's, that just let me know. He never felt, these guys didn't even put themselves in the position to be any type of father figure to him, even try. Yeah. And it seems like, and once again, you remind me of the young people I didn't work with. Uh, they lost him a long yes. time ago. He was already in the streets where he found belonging. He was already doing yep. what he needed to do to survive. So and by the time, <laughs> yeah, so by the time his mom was getting ready to relocate to that new place with the father of her youngest children, he was viewed as a man. He viewed himself as a man, even though he won't one, and probably on the inside won't really think him like one. But he viewed himself as a man, and he was like, well, "I'm not going with her no more. I'm going to figure this life out on my own." And that's where he also started like trying to call his daddy to get some help in the X, Y, and Z. That's, but yeah. they lost him a like, they, but they lost him a long time ago. When he was talking about how, um, I think Shay Shay was asking him about, uh, did his mom know that he was kind of like in the streets? And he was like, mm -hmm. well, I mean, she would he, see lines of cars, and he was outside. like, what you mean lines of cars, and he was paying rent. He put five hundred on the rent, and she was they was putting six hundred. Like, like he point, was paying bills. It was over. Yeah, him. it's just they can't tell him nothing. She can't discipline. Yeah, she can't do nothing. It's saying. over. It's over. And so I hear what you're saying about like parents. Now you coming with me. He didn't belong to her no more. <laughs> he was like, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, a, I know a, generally. Yeah, yeah. A, I actual, hear you. a, a nurturing parent I that was like a, a real, a drill, a mature yeah. No. Well, you it's also wouldn't have lines of cars outside of the apartment. But like, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, again, I hate to judge because she came from another country. I don't, I don't know how old she was when she had him. Cultural. I think experience. like 21. Like 21. She was young. I don't know what her deal was, but I'm like, no. And then to find a way to make it. Like, I don't want to miss having the immigration conversation because Black immigration is so invisible. Um, and we don't see it. We often talk about, like, brown folks immigrating into this country and the, the politi politics around that. But there's a high level of Black immigration that exists. And 21 got caught up in all of that. And all of that, his whole family got caught up in all of that. So like when you, like when we hear him, him talk about all these men in his house, this, that, and the third, also thinking about what that house did not have access to. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like try but to create opportunity for those children. And but say it again. again they, apparently you, they still didn't have the access with the men around. But, but then also like for some people, Having a man around is just—it's just fine. <laughs> Even just a man. I, yeah, I was like, it's, it's, you know it's the fine. stories when you hear the people oh, living yeah. in a hotel and they got a man. Like, yeah. what do I need you for? We all yeah. in a hotel. That's I'm not true. trying to be funny, but this is—I'm like, what is this about? <laughs> Why are you here? Yeah, yeah. So for him, even <laughs> you like can't having him having that recognition. But I need you like, for my son in the streets. What? Exactly. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we and that might have been part of her distraction, which he felt like he was not prioritized. Could be. Her survive, trying to survive. Trying to survive. The other kids and these men. These yeah. niggas, quote unquote, as he described. That's what he said. Yeah, just trying to survive. My mama nigga. That's what he said. He referenced, he didn't say one. He would reference the baby, the, the kid's father, and then it was some other nigga. And he was just like, my mom's niggas. But that might have been a part, part, just part of her conditioning, her... She's an attractive a lady. I mean, she's just like, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, like, with his whole immigration challenges, him, him not having no papers, his mama not having no papers, no access to dreams. I'm going to say, like, he lost his ability to dream. And he even talked about, like, losing his ability to dream around middle school time. When he just kind of gave up. I remember that. So it was sad when he said yeah, that. Yeah, when he was like, he just gave up. And I was he like. He made good grades. He said I was smart. Good student. He said, when I realized, I because I was an immigrant, the fact that he was that aware then, mm -hmm. 
he was like, I didn't have the opportunities. I was not going to be able to access. I remember when he went and uh, got deported. I, 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 he didn't get he, deported. I don't, he, he didn't get deported. Uh, he just got detained by ICE. He did not get okay. deported. When he, when he got detained, I remember that. I remember thinking, again, I don't know much about his mom. I had so many questions when this happened. I assumed, I was like, how she come over here and not get him straight? Like, she you know, straight. like a lot of immigrants, they at least the kids, like you're in school, the so, kids get some some access to something. I'm like, so I didn't understand. I was like, how mm -hmm. she did not at least get the kids? Let's let's also make sure our timeline matches up with where your okay. where the confusion might be. Cause he's talking about coming over and being here like pre 9-11. So that already makes a difference in what's possible and what's not possible, what type of legislation is in place, a program that's in place to support immigrants, that already makes a difference. So like coming over here pre-9-11, late, like mid, late 90s in Georgia, that makes a huge difference on what's available to those who are undocumented, as opposed to me coming from the state of California. Well, there's a lot of policy and a lot of legislation that supports undocumented individuals all the way back from like the 90s and the early yeah. 2000s and this, that, and the third. So he's already in the Republican a, state, yeah, in a region where yeah. they don't give a fuck about no undocumented people, especially the black ones. And so to talk about well, his mom not getting him straight or set up, how? <laughs> That was no, that was you know not I mean? then because I didn't understand. Like, I just wow. I was like, well, how did this happen? How was at minimum the case? And it costs a lot of money. So he, Shay asked a really good question. He was like, "Why Atlanta, Georgia?" And he was like, said, "I was shocked that he, he didn't." I was shocked mama. that he never asked that, especially with the album American Dream. You never had that conversation. So that was a really good question because I was it, wondering too. And listen, and he probably got the story, but that's not for us because he had a couple of moments where he was like, "Mom, I don't want to fuck up the story." I was like, "You don't want to create no more problems for yourself. You just got your like, yeah." He like, "I Let respect me. you. I respect <laughs> you." So I didn't get curious about none of that shit at all. I was like, "Oh, he's was, trying to make sure he can stay." I in the was country. curious about started. Atlanta, Georgia, but then it might have been like the that's you know how, how it usually happens. You may yeah. know somebody. Mm -hmm. They came with another couple, like mm -hmm. you know, they they might when you think again, when you the context of the time period, uh, that was the height of Atlanta popping for black people. If I hear Olympics, Atlanta was absolutely became the mecca mm -hmm. for black people in that mid. It started in the early nineties, but definitely by the it was solidified by mid nineties. Yeah, Atlanta was it. So they probably heard about it, knew some people. You can go here, have opportunity, whatever. So maybe oh. that's how they ended up in Atlanta. Because be. that's a great. That was a great question. Because typically, be. you know, the place is New York or somewhere. I'm, but, I'm grateful he didn't answer. But I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful he didn't. But answer I, I that you question. know, me, I'm like, I was super curious. I, I was yeah. like, that's a great question. Yeah, that was not for us to know. Um, but you know, he's been doing. Twenty ones has been doing some work in the immigration reform and awareness space right. since his whole situation became public, and. And I, I even wonder, like, matching up this timeline with him becoming more open in the public setting. Because even, like, he'd be joking on the internet, posting his little selfies and shit. He used to never do nothing like that, right? And I, you, if you think about the weight of carrying that secret, as a child, as a teenager, and, like, secrets come with all the other feelings of rage, anger, confusion, detach, like, all the other shit. The weight of carrying that secret. And other people having to carry that secret with you not just for you, but like with you. And then you get to a place where your secret, you can't hide it no more. Then how free do you really get to be in the world? And so even seeing him be more playful publicly, more vulnerable and open publicly, it's like, oh, like that had, that had yeah, to have something to do with yeah. it. That he had did to have be way more like off reserve, the, off the like, grid as much as possible. As yeah. much as possible. Yeah. And as hard possible. and like all this stuff, like as much as possible. But I remember listening to a podcast when he was on T.I.'s pod. The fuck is all of that what shit? In the world it's happening over there, yeah. It's the CIA and the FBI. They watching me when they- You they got do... thumbs up. Oh my God. I got to figure that out. But he did an interview with T.I. And he was talking about like, um, because once again, been following his career for a minute. If you notice, like he didn't really move around and tour and do things because he could not travel. Yeah, he could. yeah. Right. And so the only way to book him for shows, like you gotta pay that high like private plane. Like you gotta get him a pe a jet to fly him out, let him do his show, and then he can get back. Or like having to be on the road all the time in a van or something, but somebody else got to rent all the stuff for him. But like all the restrictions around right. getting him on the road to like be 
be 21 Savage in front of crowds and like not having no context. We're like, why that man ain't never on tour? Well, Cam, he can't. Like, I mean, he, he couldn't go. He couldn't. Um, he couldn't he go, go like what, when Drake went to Canada. He couldn't go to Canada. Oh, yeah, he, he couldn't, couldn't go, to go to Canada. And then uh, what was the first time when he got everything straight? He was in. Was it Paris? He, he went. went he went back home. He he went back to. I know he went back to England and did right. a sold out show at the O2 Arena. That's crazy. He went back home. Um, That's crazy. So, yeah. I also appreciated his self awareness when he talked about him being a father to his kids and his understanding that he said he feels bad sometimes because of his job. He doesn't, even though it affords him all the things and him and his kids, he's able to change the trajectory of his family. However, he's aware that I don't have, I don't hear a lot of, I always wonder about rappers and how the hell you everywhere. How, what, how you got time for these kids? But he was honest, like, I feel bad. I don't get to be with my kids because of my job. Yeah. Like, and See, I, we, I know that kids need things and stuff, but he, yeah. he, he knows the importance of time and present. Being present. And we know he's solid as shit because in, well, one of the lyrics in a lot with has J. Cole on it, he talks about how 21 would bring his kids to the studio for the recording sessions, right? And mm -hmm. so even beyond that, we also don't hear shit from them baby mamas. Nope. We don't hear nothing from the baby mamas. We also don't hear nothing from nobody in his crew because the fact that his secret around like his immigration did not come out until it was politicized by the Trump administration. I was like, oh, oh, he's solid. Like he's good to people and people are good to him. Like he mm -hmm. protects people and people protect him. Yeah. And that's like some strong moral. He's not messy. He's not messy. I mean, they try to get him some mess with like somebody he was dating. One of them rapper girls. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was some slight little whatever. Some, some drama. Either. Somebody was cheating. Well, weird face, light skinned wife that don't do interviews. <laughs> One of them, huh? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> trying to call the girls weird face. They've been cute little girls. Some girls, I don't know, but it was some drama. One of them girls he was dating. Somebody, I don't. Some mess. You yeah. know how that goes. That's yeah. bound to happen. You can't control that. But in general, the main, the big things. No, you don't hear much about him. And people no. rock with him. They do. They do. And like, I know the streets got their own moral code and values. I'm not going to hold you. Like, I actually, I respect the the codes and values of the streets. I really do. More than other areas of values. I do. Like, they have a really strong moral. They have a, like, from my experience. They, they stand on business. <laughs> That's it. They standing on business. They stand on business and you don't have to wonder. Where they stand. You don't stand. have to wonder yeah, what the you position don't, is. You don't gotta yeah. be like, there's no ambiguity. Like, it's this or it's that. that. And we told you up front yeah. it was this or that. You decided to do that, so now you about to get this. That. Yeah. And I'm gonna do what I'm gonna say. If I say I'm gonna do something for you, it's not, you're not wondering, I'm coming through. That, yeah. You know what I mean? So like... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> type shit. <laughs> <laughs> on god type shit and so like even though people that world can be incredibly misunderstood and um just not respected and valued i i think more people need to actually tap in and understand how they operate and how they move because we could learn a lot like i have learned so much from working with young people and families like 21 savage throughout my career so much Speaking of that, when he was telling his childhood story, just the different dynamics, I started to visualize. It put me back in childhood. I started to visualize where he was, apartments. I even started, I had visualizations of what these kids he was with looked like, the whole thing. Because it reminded me of just people I grew up with, the whole story. Yeah, even like describing the fights, like we a whole block, the whole yeah. the whole road coming out to fight. With the mama coming out the street, <laughs> whipping the minivan. Yeah, like, the whole like, thing. Oh. I, I had a vision. <laughs> Wait, you have stories, yo? Just like when he rapping, he, he's yeah. a storyteller. His his rap. So and he a spitter. Story, I was enthralled, huh? He a spitter too. Folks gotta put some respect on his name. He be having he's a host He be having them lyrics and beats. And you know I'm about them that beat life. He's a great, he's a, he's a great, um, chooser of beats for his production. Yes. 
Yeah. He, he is. Yeah. It's dope. I enjoy, I also enjoyed the musical conversation when Shay was asking him, um, will he switch it up like Drake? He's funny to um, 21. He is incredibly he funny. Like, I mean, when I get, he has understanding. Like, I want to, but I got to have that Drake status mm-hmm. and money. I can't just be out here experimenting. They're not ready for that yet. More as soon as he said that, Mecca, you know who I thought of? I thought about Big Crit. I thought about Big Crit. Because he has been experimenting this digital rose. I said, what the fuck is this shit? And then he was experimenting with that EP he just dropped. I hated it. Hated it. As soon as what he wants to say, he he can't do it yet. I was like, Crit need to actually pay attention. I know it's not about Crit, but I actually enjoy like the co- like, collaborations he's been doing, like Currency and Wiz Khalifa. Well, over- that's always going to hit. Yeah, that's, I'm just like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, he, I. <laughs> but yes, yeah, experiment. Do some Afro beats or something that makes sense. This is ridiculous. But yeah, the musical conversation with Shay Shay. Yeah, I enjoy it, and I enjoyed um the questions about his top five R&B people and yeah. like his love for R&B. I was like, he, this is some great choices. He and I was like, I'm it. actually interested in him doing like a R&B compilation. Yeah, he loves R&B. Cause you know, I, I got a couple of videos saved on my phone for when I'm down him bad singing. of him singing. <laughs> you said when you down, you just pull up 21. That's Hell yeah. I'm like, Let me just listen to 21, sing R&B songs and, and sing loud at the Beyonce concert, singing Usher at 112 and shit. With filters on, he be putting like filters all. Let me just watch my little video. Do you think people who were not Twenty One fans actually watch this? What yeah, think because of that platform. Okay. Go ahead. You said what? Do, what do I think? People what do you watch? think? People can learn from because I'm. I was. I'm gonna send this to some um, my supervisees. I think I said that to you. I, you I'm gonna send this to some of my supervisees. Because what yeah. do you, in general, what do you think people can learn from that interview? I think it depends on what that person is willing to see and hear. A lot of the social commentary online, folks were stuck on the way he was telling his stories and speaking his truth and not listening. And how often do we see that happen? Right? What so were they people, saying? I didn't, I haven't they read it. They were like, oh, I can't even get past him saying type shit. I can't even get past the on God and the cussing and this, that, oh. and the third. Yeah. And so there was a couple of oh. like, yeah, there was a couple of comments that, well, a lot of comments were like, all oh, that type shit. I can't even blob this, that, and the third. Why he talk like that? This is why the generation is trash and oh. all of that type of shit. Wow. But then wow. there was like a couple of the comments were like, him saying type shit is him literally trying to um, move through his trauma and his pain to stay present and tell a story. I was about to say, it might be just you like, it's, I was like, that is him just trying to stay here. Stay in his body and tell this guy. Oh, and also, why are we caught up in that? Black excellence, guys. This is like how people that. say, like, you know, <laughs> and, and or uh, like, what's the other thing people um, say? Um, and. Um, I mean, a lot of times people trying to collect their thoughts. It's anxiety. It. Why are we caught up on that? Well, a lot of people, to answer your question, to get back to what I think people could receive from it, they got to be willing to hear. Um. Because at the same time, for me, if it's the same people who don't want to hear folks like 21 Savage continue to ask the question around, like, why is the village burning? I'll just use that analogy. Mm. Well, because y'all not listening <laughs> to them talk because you can't get past the way they speaking. You know what I mean? So, like, you got to be willing to hear it. and You can't judge how it come out that person's mouth. They expect goddamn Eric Michael Eric Dyson. I mean, and even he be he be talking so goddamn fast. He a little slick talker. I'm just saying, what are you <laughs> expecting? Some type of scholar, like like he's and a scholar, 21, and people um, like him. Scholar, right? Yeah. But what do you think he? What? When did he get? When did he go to Howard and get it? Like oh, when and did even he write he a did, book and write like come on? So. so. That's bad. <laughs> It is. It is. So I know a lot of people have been exposed to 21 Savage through that interview on Club Shay Shay. What they walk away with is completely up to them. He has so much to offer. He he literally I is agree. a mayor into what we are experiencing right now with like the G generation, the alpha generation, and just the legacy of shit that's been happening in communities like 21 grew up in for generations. Like he literally reflected I, back. I think that's what 
he I think that's what can be learned. Yeah. More understanding for people that have not didn't grow up around that, didn't don't understand it, have issues with um uh, uh you know the, the people that the hip hop purists who have issues with that genre of music. Yeah. They I think that's what you could get from it. Just a little bit more understanding on his like who he is. Mm -hmm. And he's still like he he still has a beautiful soul. Yeah. He's very vulnerable. Again, the the immigration stuff, the missing dad, all those things having a greater understanding of what almost makes dying. Almost dying, right? That he's mm -hmm. a miracle. Mm -hmm. He is. He is. He's the kids I work with, but they that's not the yeah. outcome. He's a miracle. He's a an miracle. absolute miracle. And mm -hmm. I think that's a blessing. And why aren't we celebrating that? Because they, they need to put the guns down, Mecca. So we can't celebrate. <laughs> Gotta stop shooting each other and put the guns down. That's what the people gonna say. That's what they continue to say. That's what they continue to say. So Okay. All right. <laughs> Okay. Talk to your lawmakers that's never <laughs> anything about this gun law policy that never. Because they're not going to put the guns down. They're, they can't. Let me just put it like that. They cannot put the guns down. Like a lot of the young people and families that live in the neighborhood no. that experience high by like violent crime and shootings and they cannot no. put the gun. That's not an option for them right now. No. And so the moment people just accept that, the gun is required. It's literal. It's required. It's literal. Uh, it's literal life or death. Dog, oh. dog. I hate to say that. You utilize that analogy, but that's just how it is. Just, they don't want it like that. For now. Yeah, and they don't want it like that. They don't want to do half the shit they have to do to make it. They want the same neighborhoods people got. They want, but they want to live amongst their people, though. That's what I really want folks to understand. They want the same yeah. clean streets. They want paved sidewalks. They want um, nice plumbing and good, you know, schools, grocery stores. They want the same shit everybody else wants, but they don't want to have to uproot and leave their community to go to somebody else's shit to get access to it. So, this yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot to learn. Yeah. It's a lot to learn. It's a lot to learn. So we learned a lot from the conversation that 21 had with Club Shay Shay. Do you have any closing final reflections, thoughts, or offerings for the good people? I feel like I need I wanted to say something about this, but I I'm wondering in my missing something i feel like i'm missing something what you mean i don't know i feel like i'm missing a point that i needed to say that i probably forgot that's what i mean missing something oh, 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 but maybe oh. not but i but i don't know i closing thoughts i would i think 21 savage symbolizes just a lot of young people in this country, they get ostracized, um, blamed, ignored, cast away because of their behaviors. And I want people and labeled as bad as he continues, unfortunately, to reference himself because that's what he's been told. Right? He's been told that. Mm -hmm. And so he's, he was conditioned, I was bad, not I was hurt. Mm -hmm. what, do we, we ch what do we change the language? I was hurt. And so the, my behaviors, yeah. like, I needed they, all, they would all make I, sense. I needed yeah. attention. Yeah. I would like, again, if that's what I would like people to see, just how, you know, some of our, he represents a lot of the kids who don't get the opportunities. There was a, that's also, he, he believed in himself. And he had, and because he was in Atlanta, I'm glad he was in Atlanta. He had, he was able to interact. And that's the beauty of Atlanta. Because Atlanta has very, it's very, it could be very streets, very mm -hmm. violent in, in some aspects, in some areas. But then also, it's nothing to be in Lennox Mall and have an encounter or know somebody to know somebody that can put you on. Mm. The access in Atlanta is there. So that's the, the, mm -hmm. the beauty of 
probably unbeknownst at the time to his mom, or maybe, I don't know, again, because I don't know why, why they chose Atlanta, but it worked out for him. But I would like people to 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 see that he represents a lot of people in this country that it that it doesn't they're that's either dead now in jail or just still in their neighborhoods and they're being looked at as the problem. Yeah. 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 And um that's what I think he represents. Yeah. In that yeah. interview. I think that's his story is that. Yeah. It's not there anymore, but that his story is that. That's the beauty of the story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think my final reflections kind of bouncing off of yours, because as you were talking and then you landed on like him identify being identified as the problem, but just also thinking him like 21 Savage symbolizes that people and young folk like him are actually not the problem, never have been the problem. And so regardless of how they present or are packaged and it may not be palatable for those who are um, either in proximity to them, listening to them, avoiding them, um, they have actually never been the problem. And the, the more we can do- to them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the thing that gets me, the yeah. fear. The fear People of them. Like us. The fear of them. Like them. The fear of them. Yeah. So like, you know, people like 21 Savage have never been the problem. And as long as they're continuing to be viewed as the problem, shit going to stay exactly how it is because they have so much to contribute to the world and they want to contribute um, in the ways that make sense for them. But as long as folks are afraid, as, as long as folks don't want to listen, don't want to hear or see them for who they are and how they show up then we're going to continue to push generations of young people away and then sit back and wonder why shit just continues to burn down. All right. Um, so what do we need to do to, to open up and embrace the 21 savages of the world? I don't got to do shit because they are already love them deep. Not we. I'm talking oh. about the collective. The collective, <laughs> the collective we. We ain't talking about you, Kim. <laughs> we already know. I told you somebody said to me, they was like, I, I know Kim love 21 Savage. It's so yeah. oh, it's so hard. Yeah. It's like, I know she loved 21 Savage. Yeah. <laughs> On God. On God. Part of your brand, yo. <laughs> Might as well be. It's a knife. Oh God. Um. <laughs> Yo, I think uh, that we, what do folks need to do or consider doing? Um, investigate what that fear is rooted in. Mm. Investigate yep. what that fear is rooted in. And um, also never losing sight of who the actual villains are in the stories of this country. And the villains are not people like 21 Savage. Those are not the exactly. villains. Of the story, you know, those that, are not the villains. That child had a whole system. That's another villain. the his story represented different aspects of different the global system. The real villains. The, yeah. the internal the United States, the system yeah. here, the street system, yeah. the state. I mean, the look, every the yeah. it, education, everything. immigration system, all of it. The institution of the police. Yeah. I mean, all of it. Yeah. So I think to answer your question, people need to redirect and recreate their villain origin story and it is not people like 21 Savage. They're not And I want the 21 Savage to recreate his own origin story and stop calling himself I was bad. That, that's gonna say I, I want that for him too. I want that for all of them. You can write a letter. You were not bad. <laughs> you were somebody told you to, you know we saw we had a conversation yeah, I'm not about conditioning. That's I've never another, met a bad kid. Yeah. We that was a that that is conditioning. Yeah. yeah. He was told multiple times he was bad. So he's mm -hmm. carried the narrative. Yeah, I was bad. No, never been bad. Do? What does that do for your soul? And what does that do for a kid looking at you to act like you? They still, they they bad too. No, never met a bad kid in my life. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But yeah, that's what I think. What, what would you offer? Parents, and I know you'd be like, you'd be having, I'd be like, these parents. <laughs> that's another system. <laughs> the family system. <laughs> that needs that's a, you know, like, <laughs> but then they came from a system too. That's that's why I have a lot of empathy and understanding. Day. Yeah, I have a lot of empathy yeah. and understanding because parents have not, parents are not equipped to truly they're take not. care of kids, and so I understand that. Um, they not, they not built for this shit. So they not. 
Yeah. No. Yes, I know. That was an abrupt stop to the conversation. And let me tell you why. Me and Mecca Latoya went on to talk for about another hour. <laughs> and our conversation transitioned away from 21 Savage into style and fashion and showing up authentically, using your style and fashion as a form of intervention, of activism, of resistance and of client engagement. And well, I would not be a good emerging content creator if I put all that shit out at one time. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me work smarter and not harder. That's a whole nother episode. So I'm gonna stop right here. I'm gonna stop it right here. And I am hopeful that you got something from our conversation about not just 21 Savage, but everything that he represents, who he represents, who you can see when you look at him and really investigating internally where resistance might be showing up when we see folks like 21, the way they present, the way they talk, the way they dress, the way they move, the way they sound, the stories they share, and when we're not willing to hear them, see them, or meet them where we are. And if we continue to behave that way and push generations away from us into isolation where they do not feel the warmth of community, the warmth of others, we're going to continue to see villages burned. We're going to continue to see communities in despair. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I'm going to end it there. I don't have a good black word from the week for the week. However, I do have a good black word from 21 Savage. In the song Ball Without You on the album, I am greater than I was which i'm gonna tell y'all right now that is my absolute favorite 21 savage album is you know i am greater than i was he has this verse where he says i'd rather have loyalty than love because love really don't mean jack see love is just a feeling you can love somebody and still stab them in their back it don't take much to love you can love somebody just by being attached see loyalty is an action you can love or hate me and still have my back what listen that is our good black word for the week brought to us all by shea ben abram joseph and um as always as always please remember to take care of your hearts so that we can take care of each other because we is all we got and we will chat next time be well